Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Hey, welcome to another episode of Perceived Value. Man, you guys, October is over as of tomorrow, and I for one have no idea where this month went. We are roughly three weeks out from the inaugural New York City Jewelry Week, and I am filled with, of course, excitement and a whole lot of stress. There are exhibitions to prepare for and interviews to arrange, and as a partner of NYC Jewelry Week, Perceived Value will be bringing the microphones to the city, and I'll be set up recording all day at the New York City Jewelry Week headquarters at Artists and Please in Soho. That's on Monday, November 12th, and if you're getting to the city ready to hit the ground running right at the beginning of the week, I encourage you, stop by, say hello, maybe jump on a microphone. So, for those attending, if you haven't already checked out nycjewelryweek.com, that is your best resource for planning out your week. There are too many events to mention on this podcast, and I'm not even aware of everything that's happening. New York City, of course, is massive. And if you're hoping to attend as many events as possible, you, my friend, are going to need to strategize. On the website, click on the events page, and you can browse by event type, the date, or neighborhood. If you know you really want to attend an event in Chelsea on Wednesday afternoon, you can filter the events for the date and neighborhood. So then you can check out whatever else is happening in the area at the time. You get me? All event descriptions list a date, the time, if there is a cost, and location. You will also see RSVP links. Now, from what I can gather, yes, there are events with limited capacity, and if you're hoping to attend one of those, you need to get on that ASAP. But for many of the events, these RSVPs are more so a way of organizers having a better idea of how many plan on attending and maybe what type of events attendees are most interested in. I'm sure these numbers will also be crucial when the gals behind NYCJW approach organizations for future sponsorships. So let's do them all a favor, folks, and hit that RSVP button. Being that this is, you know, my podcast, and I have no qualms about self-promotion, I encourage you all to plan on spending the day in Brooklyn on Saturday, November 17th. The JV Collective, the now nationally-based contemporary jewelry collective, we will all be in attendance and hosting our one-day-only event at Ghost Gallery. This will be our third installment of our exhibition, Sirens, and we will be open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. that day with a reception taking place from 7 to 10 p.m. And trust me, we know how to have a good time, so you're not going to want to miss that reception. 
on your way to our show, you'll want to stop by and support our friends at Brooklyn Metalworks for the reception of Anonymous Brooklyn. Now, that's taking place from 6 to 8 p.m., which is perfect timing for making the 15-minute walk to Ghost Gallery afterwards. You know, you should probably just make a day of it and check out all the other events happening that day in Brooklyn, such as the community open studio market and panel discussions at the Brooklyn Navy Yard and the artist demonstrations and exhibitions happening at Urban Glass. There's a whole lot more going on, but now you know about the events page, so check it out. All right, that's enough about jewelry. Perceived Value, it's a podcast broaching the subject of value with all types of artists. And today's guest is a woodworker. Yes, sometimes jeweler, but sometimes costumer. You guys can just refer to her as an artist. This past week, I was given the opportunity to conduct my interview in the gallery at the Center for Art and Wood right here in Philadelphia. I had visited the center before, most recently for the opening reception of Alternatives, Form and Spirit. It was an exhibition that showcased the work of the 2018 Wingate ITE Resident Fellows. Now, in its 23rd year, the center's Wingate ITE International Residency Program is a collegial experience that encourages an open exchange of creative and technical innovations in the field of art and wood. Throughout this past summer, the resident fellows lived at the University of the Arts, and they used their studio space there. And they were encouraged to pursue both individual and collaborative work. So, my guest today. She was, of course, chosen as a 2018 Wingate ITE Fellow, and I wanted to speak with her about her experience during this residency. But also, our paths first crossed years ago at Penland during my core fellowship, and since then, she has also gone on to complete the core fellowship. I was excited to catch up with Morgan Hill and talk about how she's been navigating this past year of transition in her life. You know, there is a lot of prestige around residencies and fellowships, rightfully so. But once they're completed, returning to quote-unquote normal life means finding housing and a steady job, and that can all be quite challenging when you've kind of, you know, put the brakes on normal life for a while. After my three-year stint of residencies, I didn't own a single piece of furniture or silverware. I felt like I truly was starting over in many ways. I want to thank the Center for Art and Wood for hosting Perceived Value, and especially thank their artistic director, Jennifer Nava-Millican, and development and events manager, Katie Sorensen, for being so accommodating. Also, I love that the majority of staff for the Center for Art and Wood is comprised of badass, talented women. So, please welcome today's guest, Morgan Hill. It's important, but we figured it out. Yeah, we all and, know. And if I we want to dance, we dance there. It's not like yeah, you can't it, dance just anywhere. Make a party happen, but yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, well, Miss Morgan Hill. Hi. How you doing? So good. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome to Philly. Welcome back to Philly. Thanks. Because you just spent. Um, were you here a total of three months or just two and a half? Um, it was two months. Okay. A little over two months, maybe. Yeah. Well, welcome to the city. Thanks. Drove in reminiscing. Oh, uh, so you're going to yeah. be here for two nights? Yeah. Just Not to take enough. down your show, right? Yeah. It took down the piece and take a few parts back to their homes but mm-hmm. um 
yeah i have a dc trip a little day dc trip too Aww. and i didn't get to go to dc as much as i wanted to when i was here so yeah i love dc i threw that in there because there's a good show happening uh which and, one okay i'm there's gonna so go see shows. cigarettes after sex and nick cave <gasps> I'm so excited. Okay. I'm like, yeah, oh, right. so, so good. I've just been thinking about it forever. And cigarettes after sex is like super good. Yeah. It's um, like cigarettes after sex. That whole. <laughs> I mean, I don't smoke cigarettes. We're talking about oh, a band, yeah. people. It's a yeah. band. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting here with Morgan Hill and we're actually in the gallery at the Center for Art and Wood in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I love during my residency at Aramont, we were the gallery crew and there's something really fun to me about seeing galleries in progress or mm-hmm. in between stages, right? Like the, mm-hmm. when they're not perfect and things are kind of sitting out mm-hmm. and, um, we're in the middle of that right now, which I love. Yeah. Um, and so Morgan was a, say the official name of it that you um, were this summer. The Wingate. Yeah. ITE residency. Okay. So the yeah. Wingate ITE residency, mm-hmm. um, sponsor it's through the center for art and wood they organize it and then wingate charitable foundation does yeah. the funding yeah. okay cool yeah. which you and i are no strangers to wingate yeah they've definitely funded three Taking years of my life of mm-hmm. <laughs> and they fund you a whole lot more yeah we'll get good. into <laughs> we'll get into that so like good. relationship yeah um so i we when did we meet we met during my core fellowship mm-hmm um, when was that? 2013, 2014? It's 2013. Yeah. That yeah. was the first time I came there. Okay, cool. Because it was my first summer. It was your first time at Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I That summer is a blur to me, except for I do recall you wearing like overalls and like Some doing green overalls, doing dishes. And I was just like, <laughs> who is that girl? Okay, whatever. I'm Being too busy. But we have a really interesting past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought it would be, you know, let's just talk about it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to. Yeah. So we had a, a really bad first impression of each other. <laughs> okay. So I'm glad we're talking about this and yeah. over a podcast. It yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, it's all about transparency. But here. I know that that impression was just us being such similar people at this point. I think... We're both just like loud personality all over the place (laughs) and complicated. Yeah. And opinionated. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people like thought that we were going to be like each other, too. Like, I remember hearing that later. Like, you just thought that y'all were just like, you know, that's. Yeah. I remember Leslie Noel saying something to me and mm -hmm. someone brought your name up and I was like, well, we don't really get along, but blah, blah. She's like, you know, it's funny because I think you two are a lot alike. And I was like, no, we're not. (laughs) Leslie has a way about calling those things too. She she knew. knew. Leslie, you knew. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's something to me where at Penland, I think, well, first of all, you're in a program that's intense and you now have been a core fellow as well. Mm-hmm. You got the core fellowship as I was ending mine. So we didn't overlap mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've talked about it a lot where you talk about these residencies and you see it on social media and you see people doing these amazing things and no one shares everything on social media. You share yeah. the good stuff. Yeah. Um, but the hardest thing I struggled with Penland was, um, lack of privacy of Mm -hmm. course 
but also a lot of first impressions can go really bad or really good. Mm -hmm. And you don't have the ability to really get to know people Mm -hmm. in like a deeper sense there a lot of times. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, I, the two, we were both doing something really extreme there. I was having my when I met you, my first experience at Penland at all, yeah. and really, was really truly doing that like Penland experience thing. I was in a class that I was not totally into, not because it wasn't good, but just like, <laughs> was not my brain. I was like coding these Arduino oh, things. Oh, the Arduino so class, yeah. It was amazing, but it just wasn't my jam. So I just went loose and like had the best time ever. And like was the, you know, that place is like, nature of mm-hmm. the place is to change there to like yeah. be the most you've ever been yourself and the worst you've ever been and like it's like whole roller coaster of emotions yeah and that's not always like hands up having a good time that's like you know mm-hmm. you throw up sometimes and then <laughs> you get it in your hair or like you know and that was the most tragic part of my experience was that yeah. my hair didn't look good the whole time <laughs> oh you know God. and it's just really sad and for me but, I was I was engaged and my engagement mm-hmm. was ending mm-hmm. and then my mom had passed away the year before and now yeah. knowing then I was just like deep in grief my relationship ending my whole life changing yeah and I like there's moments of I look back on that that I just like really don't like the person I was well I don't think that you're alone in just like the extreme kind of like one side of your personality coming out really hard you know like that yeah I felt that I got out of a relationship there too and I didn't I didn't have all of that but it was just like I know what that would feel like for sure to Mm -hmm. go through that while I was in such an extreme kind of pressurized situation. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad that we both, I could find out what you were feeling then and then yeah. know like us grow after it too. And just like totally respect each other now and have this really fulfilling relationship. That yeah. We're and it's been so. slow because you, it's so funny too, because David Clemens was one of my first mentors from Penland mm-hmm. and I have like a deep love and yeah. relationship like wonderful relationship with him and his wife mm-hmm. you have the same yeah that's with my David, family like the whole yeah. family so they w- that was also hard because like I'd be like oh Morgan because I think you came back for the auction with them and I was just like mm-hmm. mm, I don't want to talk to that girl <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to see David and it's like and it's funny because I don't even know where we turned a corner I mm-hmm. think we just I think I had enough time away from Penland to understand mm-hmm. that just well, we didn't see each other for like a couple of years. It seems like. Well, then yeah. Well, we then you got the core fellowship with my then boyfriend at the time. So mm-hmm. I was like, I need to try to make amends with Morgan. And through Daniel, I'd talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like I should try to, you know, talk to her because he lives <laughs> with her and I have to be Aww. around her. But I'm really happy we've come this far. Yeah. Even when I was yeah. saying, I told a few people about this interview, and <laughs> one of them was like. I don't think you like that girl. Do you like that girl? And I was like, you know, people grow up and you involve. Yeah. And I just like, what would we have left if we didn't allow this to happen and to like recognize somebody's change? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know, you know, it would definitely not be good for our careers to no. continue on holding we keep on to something like that. So yeah. Like you're going to be at Pentaculum this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. See how awkward yeah. would that be if I had a whole week where I had to try to ignore you? Yeah. That's well, not fun. 
Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, but I really love the work you do. I mean, mm. you, yeah, you are like a force. Even outside of the studio, you're costuming. Like, <laughs> there's so many aspects of you. I can't wait to dig in. Okay. Um, but now that we've gotten that out of the way, <laughs> listeners. Um, now that you're all like, ooh, what are they going to say next? Now that you're caught up with the gossip. There's some cussing. Um, <laughs> I usually start with where people came from mm -hmm. and I do know a lot about you, but I don't know anything. You're from Arkansas. I'm from Arkansas. Little Rock, correct? Yes. Well, Little Rock is where I lived before I moved to North Carolina for the most, like the longest period of time outside of where I grew up. But I, Memphis, Tennessee, if you just cross the river over into Arkansas, my family has a farm oh. and um, like commercial farm and my dad, my whole dad's side farms there. So I grew up on the farm and then in a really small town near so I could go to school. So small town, Southern, oh my God, I guess I, never I identify that. with this. My <laughs> accent identifies with this for sure. We'll hear that. I feel like when I get around people with twangs, my little twang oh. comes out. There's like a little bit more. But if I get really passionate in this, it's going to be so country. <laughs> Good. I love it. Please. Um, so... You graduate high school. Mm -hmm. um, did you go right to college afterwards? I did. I was recruited in high school to go to Memphis College of Art, which okay. is not no longer exists, unfortunately. Um, mm -hmm. But what do you mean private, they recruited you? Like people came oh, to our yeah. high school, and I was in the small town I was in. I was really like oh, the only right. artist, even in my grade. Yeah, and um, was so into it and. I think that for a high school student, I was fine, but, um, <laughs> like was recruited and went. So it was the obvious choice. Um, my parents are always fine with that. Very supportive and got a really good scholarship. That's awesome. For art. There for art. And I was a drawing major there okay. and that only lasted two years though. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like after a year and a half, I realized that going to college was to like get a career to like have a career and get a job afterwards and that it was like hit me one day I was like oh shit I'm not just going to learn how to do something fun that I want to do you know yeah like, this is supposed to result in me having a job and something at the end and it like punched me in the face one day and I was like ah don't know if I can get a job in drawing well, so I know people do but it was just like wait no but the, I like that that's so realistic yeah. I wish more people would you know yeah think about that sometimes it was a very sad day <laughs> and yeah. um I I was like okay I'm gonna drop out take a semester off and figure out what I could get a job in mm. and so I went to a university in Arkansas and for interior design but you did drop out and mm -hmm. take a semester off mm -hmm. oh good job mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. take a breather etc yep. what'd you Live do during that parents. time oh you just love it with your parents yeah I hated it um <laughs> <laughs> sad um and then went to school for interior design and that was another year and a half of doing that and mm -hmm was so bored out of my mind because I was so used to this like hands-on experience Tactile, yeah. and was good at what I was doing. You know, I could like pick out colors and do like do those things well. It was just that it was just so boring to me yeah. to be like working on a computer and stuff. No and, like, offense, even interior the draft, directors, no, but no, everybody's got to do their thing. <laughs> even the drafting part, I was just like so good at it that it was... You boring know, not trying to be like that but it was just like the rendering and everything of just like failing because I was way exceeding everybody else's skill yeah. um and so 
then I made a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> like I kicked out of school. <laughs> yes. This is what I this is what I this, really want to know about. Would you get kicked out of school for? Okay, well. Um Okay, I don't really mind saying this. This is Okay. I I don't. And it's because it's <laughs> real and people are this happens. Okay. Um and they made an example of me, but uh. I, you know, was with a crowd that had a lot of fun and I sold pot. Oh yeah. So it was not, you know, that's no big deal now, really. Yeah, I, mean, I smoke still, weed every day. But like still illegal place. <laughs> like well, Arkansas. Yeah, especially but in the South. Like oh it my was God. such a huge deal there. And I was I got kicked out of school and then I had to do two years of um community service? No, I was in like a program. It's called What? Yeah, oh, it's God. Um drug court is what it's called and people might know that it's like known for rehabilitating um Mm. you know people in this situation and creating like good citizens out of them it really did change my life it was it's the biggest thing that's really ever happened to me oh okay so it was a positive experience oh my gosh yes so i i wasn't at all a drug addict you know i didn't even smoke pot then like Oh, this is such a real thing to tell a podcast. <laughs> but I know a lot um, of people that smell, um, sell weed on the side and yeah. have like really great jobs or respectable positions, but it's good money. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, it was just to be, go through school. I was just doing yeah. this on the side. It was never anything that was like a big, you know, money making business or anything. Yeah. Um, but so I, I took two years off for that and had yeah. to kind of get my life together again mm. in a way that it's not that it was I was a great student. There wasn't anything. <laughs> How old are you at this point then? Like um, we're past like 21. Tw- yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I started, I was like 24. How old are you right now? That. I'm 32. Okay. Yeah. We're basically the same age. Yeah. We look alike kind of too. <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah>. God. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> keep the same person. <laughs> um, so towards the end of the program and I was about to graduate like six months before I graduated that drug program I um decided that I still wanted to go to school for design maybe or mm-hmm. but I needed a really hands-on experience and then this furniture program popped up that was near um you know and like when I was looking where I was going to go back to school because I wasn't going to attend the same thing um and so I decided to get in this furniture program that I'd heard a lot about with Mia Hall. Okay. Who is now the director of Penland School. I've heard that Crafts. name before. Yeah. Hey girl. Hey. Um, and her partner, David Clemens was the medals teacher. Yeah. So yeah. Powerful situation that I had no idea I was getting myself into. <sighs> what a dream and team. It was. And they really changed my life in a moment where I was going, you know, at the lowest point, of my life going yeah. into something with those two people just like ready to take me over you know so it's like a different college me. that you got into yeah yeah so it was okay. another university in arkansas okay um i'm, just, I'm assuming the other one wouldn't take you back right like if you get expelled uh, i think for that week, yeah it was back? like expelled for two it might have been yeah two years oh but, okay well um, at least you don't have like you don't have like a, anything on your record do you I don't, I worked it off in that two years that was under the conditions that I finished that program and it was really intense. And for anybody that would be addicted to drugs would be very hard. It was very hard for them to get out of it. You can't make any sort of mistake, not just not doing drugs, but like 
time showing you are up. going to school oh yeah wow. i was like in a That's program intense. that in a rehab yeah you know yeah and maintaining a certain like a job and doing all of these things that it was hard for me to do it yeah and i was the you know well, you're lucky it's off your record. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, oh, yeah. I got hired to teach at a community college and HR called me and they're like, so this is a little so, awkward, yeah. but I got a ticket for throwing a house party when I was 18 and it was like a disorderly house ticket because who doesn't throw a party when your parents go out of town and you're 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but a disorderly house could be prostitution or selling drugs out of your house. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this huge umbrella. So it's 18 oh. year olds having a party, Yeah, but they had to call me. So I can't teach until I get that expunge off my record. Huh? So at least you don't have it on your record, girl. It's not on my re- I just got a passport like a <laughs> couple of days ago. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can vote. You there can are like vote. things that are happening just now. Oh, I'm so Jesus. pumped about <laughs> So So you get in this furniture program. Yeah. Um, and what was that like? Like, how, how did um, how'd that go? Well, I didn't know that I would want to be a woodworker when I got into it either. Mm. And I say that very lightly. Um, the term woodworker, because I don't necessarily identify with that in the way that I think some people I guess would I didn't clarify that. that with you either. We're in the Center for Art and Wood. I yeah. mean, you make jewelry. You do so much. You're just yeah. like a creative person. It just happens to be with wood. Yeah. So, wood is the medium of yep. which you work. Okay. It's lucky. How do you identify? I don't want to like mislabel uh, you. Yeah, I hate labels, fuck labels. Um, but I, I feel very okay with saying that I'm an artist. Yeah. Um, but woodworker or even craftsperson, I don't even like feel that close to that word because yeah. I don't come at it with what everybody else would think, like a craftsperson and being really detailed um, and like perfection all those things just I don't relate to those yeah. things about being a craftsperson um I just use a certain Artist. medium you know yeah. so that ends up being wood and it is like at a craft school and you know whatever <laughs> um but I definitely feel like I'm an artist and I'm okay with that word okay um and yeah jewelry that's a whole other subject <laughs> to talk about a jeweler. Okay, so how long did you did you do four years at the University of Mia? I didn't have to do f- all four years because I had, had collected so many credits at that point. Oh, right, at you the other schools. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of graduated quickly as for the amount that I learned in wood. Like I didn't have quite enough skills to be graduating. It felt like once yeah. I was doing that I was like oh shit I don't even still don't not sure how to make a chair I mean you know I'm like yeah still really learning about that stuff and then all of a sudden I had enough credits and I was graduating so a lot of people feel that way (laughs) I went to a sculpture major who couldn't solder yeah oh well sculpture majors (laughs) (laughs) sorry anyways love this um so so during that time for me what sticks out for me And I think we're kindred spirits in this is that we um, love mentors Mm -hmm. and our people. Mm -hmm. And like Mia is like your person. Mm -hmm. Mia is your Sarah Lurcher. Mm -hmm. Sarah Lurcher is mine. Clarify. Um, So how did that relationship happen? Did that happen while you were in school or did it kind of happen afterwards? It happened while I was in school. I mean, they were the type of people that really took their students on as children you know, yeah. like they came from a program that their teachers were doing that to them. Wendy Mariama, 
did that to Mia and at San Diego State mm-hmm. University. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that was just her natural way. And, you know, they had rules about like not inviting your students over to your house and stuff. And she was just like, fuck that. What are you talking <laughs> about? I have a relationship that's really close with these people and this is how yeah. I want to do it. And so I ended up being really close to her daughter who was like, Fiona was four or five when I met her and so an only child and we kind of grew up together I was an only child so um I just became a part of their family really quickly yeah in that way yeah and David's my buddy David's amazing like he he was my friend and Mia was my teacher so she was like really a mentor kind of person for me and so Mm -hmm. I just had everything in them but yeah yeah and then we when I graduated I was like I don't even know what I'm doing still I've got to you know I can't keep going to school like I can't go to grad (laughs) school now I've been in school forever and so they were like why don't you try this place called Penland School of Crafts go take a workshop and see what you think about it and then I did that and then I was like okay that's where we this could be this is where I come in the story (laughs) (laughs) I was like if she can do it I can do it Um, but, and that's when I was like, core fellowship sounds like a really great alternative to grad school. I feel like a lot of people think of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I didn't want to spend more money. Mm -hmm. It was the right kind of program for my personality. Yeah. And I was going to learn a ton. So, and I knew that. And I, I listener, I feel like I talk about, I mean, this podcast it's from my perspective in a lot of ways so I talk about the craft school experience a lot because Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much a product of it Mm because I didn't go to school but um you know and it always comes back like you're a core fellow it's like I have guests on it it's like we're connected in different ways but um with the fellowship uh like it's a work study program. So yeah. I think somebody calculated how many workshops we get to take and co- concentrations. And it came out to like $49,000 or something. Mm-hmm. And it's two years. It's intense. I mean, I think it's, I, I haven't been to grad school, but I heard it's like very similar intensity. Mm-hmm. If anything. Yeah. Or, um, break your relationship up fast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Everybody says you relationships don't last grad school. Well, they yeah. don't last the core fellowship either. Yeah. Um, a few of them made it. Yeah, a few of them made it. Good good luck to you. So, yeah, so you come that summer, you're a work study, you Mm -hmm. have this experience, and then you go home. Work really hard for two years. Applied the first time, you know, and then didn't get it. And then just, like, I got an amazing job for for the year that I was, you know, working on my application and had a really good experience. Like I needed to have that experience working. I got a job at a women's history museum and I was there, there was a small group of women that were running it and I did a lot of creative work with the museum and then did sales for them. So it was a good experience to have during that time. It's called the Essie purse. It's in the form of like handbags and accessories that would have been in the handbags during the time. So you walk throughout the museum and see through the different time, what um, women would have been carrying and like read the history of like what was happening with women during, you know, each decade. And it's incredible. I started following them because of you. Like a, yeah, even when you don't like people, you still follow them on social media. <laughs> Just joking, girl. Well, they have like amazing jewelry. Yeah, they the do. Store. I know a lot of people that sell there so, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I was I was doing some of that. I was like, 
helping mm-hmm. curate a little bit what was going into the our handmade store it was like every every bag in there was like amazing and everything that went into the bags but um so I had that job and then I got the core fellowship the next year and I do like the fact that you mentioned you're like while I was working on my application because the core fellowship I mean it's kind of arbitrary in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. like some years you might not get it just because they already have too many woodworkers or they have too many because there's nine artists they're curating a group of people it's not yeah it's not just about you it's not just about like if you're good enough artist or worthy. It could be simply the fact that there's already too many boys and mm-hmm. they need a girl to like even mm-hmm. out the sexes in the house. Yeah. I'm so it's something when anybody ever asked me, I'm like, I expected to apply at least two or three times. I was just gonna apply until they took me. Yeah. And even if that took five times, I was gonna do yeah. it. But you got in on your second time. Yeah. And they, t- I, some plenty of people told me like it's gonna take you two times. Yeah. So I was ready for that. That was I, fine. I almost went. I, this is this sounds like an asshole thing to say, but I got in on my first time, mm-hmm. but I wasn't ready yeah. when I got in on the first time. I well, was, I'm so thankful for that extra getting, time to grow yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's kind of nice because then you can like really prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so you get in on your second time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the the craziest, wildest ride of my life, <laughs> Penland. Um, um, so what do you think you took away from the court fellowship the most like what is it because you're kind of still fresh I mean you're a year almost a year out right I'm still like feeling the effects for sure Bob Biddlestone says a thing that I've always loved he's like core is the best thing that ever ruined my life yeah because you leave and you're broke you don't have a place to live Mm. you're kind of starting over but with this like incredible skill set and network but you're still starting over yep Um, I just now really am like hitting some of the, the, like going, getting somewhere. Yeah. I got out of the program and I had been working for a good six months before I graduated the fellowship on making sure I didn't fall flat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I knew like, didn't want, I didn't want to stay at Penland. I it's hard Don't, to leave the womb. Yeah, but you I didn't gotta. connect with like the landscape mostly. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, don't want to hike, guys. Sorry, I never um, went on one. Girl. It's <laughs> fine. Not, I'm a city girl. I'm changing, so <laughs> I've been trying to exercise. Um, but so I I got out of it, and or well, before I got out of it, I was making so many phone calls and emails. I think I probably talked to 75 strangers I didn't know before I got out of that program trying to get advice, like talk to somebody that was, you know, doing what I might want to do after I got out of the program or, you know, just went to Art Basel in Miami because I knew that I wanted to probably be near the beach. That's something that I've always wanted to live near the ocean. And so I made a lot of connections there and had a lot of, a lot of little things going on. Like I was like, I'm going to get out of this and get a big time like job working for somebody fancy. And (laughs) that shit just didn't happen. I don't know how I could talk to so many people and have so many connections. I really did. I was like, something will happen. And it, none of them just worked out right. And all of a sudden I was having to move out. So I just moved in to Spruce Pine. <laughs> Which y'all, Spruce Pine is the the small little town that's next to Penland. It's yeah. like 15 minute drive. And the most amazing thing happened. Annie Evelyn, she's a furniture maker, nice. um, had us 
studio there because she had been a resident artist mm-hmm. at Penland. So mm-hmm. she, when she, she finished her residency, did she just move to Spruce Pine? No, she was still there when I was. I oh, had finished. It, okay, had a, some left. Asked me to assist her, and nice. so I started assisting her, and then really just taking every little gig that I could get, and so I had enough little things going on for a good like nine months or something. Because um, there's not really assisted. jobs in Spruce Pine. <laughs> Well, okay, we'll get to that. Here we go. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine, like, where did you work? Like, I was so afraid. So I, of it. I, yeah, assisted her and then, you know, assisted at Haystack and did some other things, traveled quite a bit and tried to, like, get out as much as I could. And then all of a sudden I got back. All of the little things stopped. And I had not had my breakdown yet, oh, you know? God. And so all the little things stopped and all of a sudden it was just, like, ended right after the auction happened at Penland and um I was like oh shit I don't have anything to do today I have no money I gotta go get any job I gotta go work at CVS like I yeah did you work at CVS so I went to this (laughs) little cheap clothing store in Spruce Pine North Carolina and just sucked it up and was like here I go about to do this big girl thing (laughs) And, gonna work, gonna work and walked in store. and you know nobody ever walked into that place as like confident as I had in that moment and or they just all. look <laughs> they, yeah looking stylish yeah even. totally and um yeah so I walked in and I was like I have a resume and they're like hold up what this girl brought a resume <laughs> and um and they were just on the spot were like would you like to manage the store oh my <laughs> and I was like okay yep yep I'll take this and so I managed this little clothing store what was it called where was it at you guys like I'm sorry I wish we could paint the picture of Spruce Pine for you because this is blowing my well, mind just the you know the smallest town you can think of and yeah people have never left I don't it. even remember a clothing store what was it next to you um it was Cato yes next to CVS yep yeah I know exactly so I was what like, you're talking work about oh my CVS. god so um I you know helped helped people really bring their fashion game up in that town though good you know i feel good about that you are doing a civic duty i was and i had some real moments with people (laughs) often but god morgan if anybody could do that job it's you (laughs) i loved it do it it was good um feel good about it um but mostly i was just falling into some hole of depression while i was doing it (laughs) and then um yeah after like six months of it and like the weird retail like I don't know so strange how you get involved in like don't have holidays anymore or whatever and selling this crap to people okay no offense Kato um but (laughs) so I was like I gotta get out of here this is what am I doing I have skills I don't have a studio I haven't made a single thing in like I don't even I mean it was like oh yeah almost a year where were you living at this time I was living with a friend and downtown spruce pine oh okay and so the penland gallery offered me a part-time position yeah and i took it as quick as i could yeah and then of course Catherine grimley the director of gallery changed my life and so um yeah then i had a really fulfilling job all of a sudden and it was still just part-time um but i knew i had this residency coming up yeah at center for art and wood and 
that was enough for me to like start feeling better about my life so I got out of the hole just a little bit <laughs> as long and as you have something in the pipeline to yeah. look forward to I, I feel like, like you can get through like the shit sometimes mm-hmm. um so I just spent a couple months getting ready for this residency yeah at that point and um because you knew you had this because I remember I felt like you were still core fellow in Leslie Noel mm-hmm. y'all I've talked about her a lot on here. Hey, Leslie. But she's the program director of Penland. She Mm -hmm. made some like Instagram posts, like congratulating you on Mm -hmm. getting this. But then I was confused because I never saw you go there. Yeah. (laughs) Because you know pretty far in advance, right? Yeah. It's very similar to what we were talking about, about the core fellowship and that they are curating this group of people Mm. and they want them to fit right. And, you know, it be really purposeful and, um, and it worked out that way and yeah so I waited a year and a half before I was here after I found out and then some people were waited two and a half years after they found out yeah and it was yes kind of a long wait but can I ask you a question I don't want to be okay I feel like I can. You're, you're, yeah. I have um, already sold, told so many things. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like you're the type of person I'm going to ask anything. Okay. But, okay. So when I left Penland, I made it a point to leave. Because mm-hmm. I feel like some people do stick around. And I'm not putting that down. And mm-hmm. it, there is strength in the fact that you do have this community right there. And I think that's great. For me, I knew I my strengths lied in having a larger community in a city where I can be anonymous in. Because mm-hmm. I find comfort in that. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel kind of like you're like that senior who graduated and goes back to homecoming? Yeah. <laughs> like, was that weird for you? Was it, did you ever get that dynamic of like, I got to leave? Like my time has I passed. I felt that the whole year that I was there really? afterwards. And really for real, had I had more than $10. Okay. So it was I would have simply just financial. Gone anywhere. Yeah. I really had no job and no money and in no way. Yeah. To get anywhere. I lucked out because this, I mean, I didn't luck out because my grandpa died, but my grandpa died and Mm -hmm. I got, I literally got my first check from his inheritance, which was like $3,000 or something crazy, which I felt like I was rich, but that is the only way I literally could have flown away from Penland. Yeah. Yeah. I would have done, I would have done that. Yeah. It really was. And I was doing everything I could think of to kind of do that. That's so interesting. I do think there's some resources that I could have used yeah. that I didn't because I wanted to do it myself. Well, yeah. And so I, that's what I like sucking it up and just getting a job. And, you know, I was I like, respect this that. feels like more of the right thing to do than me ask for somebody for help. I'm or, sure you could have called your parents and they would have been like, come home or whatever yeah. in a hot minute. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't want to go there either. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't need to go back to Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, I respect that. Like, I like the fact that you just kind of leaned into it and like made it work. Yeah. Well, coming here, I knew that this was coming and that I would have an experience in a city and doing, this was like the first time that I had done a residency that didn't have programming involved that kind of told me what to do. Yeah. And that this was, this would be it for me to feel something new so I just saved it up till then and then um it did do that it really like living here for the two months was like what I needed Mm -hmm. to go back to because I I had that job still at At Penland Gallery they let me stay there and have a two-month break um she's amazing um and so I went back to the job and it was like that's what I needed to appreciate 
what I had there. Okay. So once I got back, I was like really content and like enjoying the community and like yeah. feeling all my friends again that were there, still there. And so I'm Give still there. perspective. Okay. So let's talk about the topic at hand because we're sitting in the center of art for what? Okay. Um, I wanted to highlight the experience that you just had because I mm-hmm. feel like you came for this residency. I knew you were going to be in town. I think I hung out with you like one night. We didn't actually we really dance out a little bit. Dance it out like a little bit, but mm-hmm. we like still hadn't like solidified like, oh, Morgan's here. Hey, girl. <laughs> um, but I did come to your opening mm-hmm. because at the end of the residency, you guys had an opening. I came. Mm-hmm. I saw. I got to see you speak. Um, I got a couple of your brooches. Yeah. Oh which I love. Um, so let's talk about it. Yeah. The Wingate ITE residency. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a really intense application process. Is it intense? It was pretty regular as far as what I know. I think okay. it was pretty standard. But like timing wise, you're just planning so far ahead, I guess. They, yeah, are giving you, they're, they're setting you up in their future of residence. So it just yeah. like ended up being a little bit of a wait for it, but it wasn't intense. I mean, it was a normal like, um, statement of intent, mm-hmm. your, you know, experience with, and what you're doing, whatever that is, it just has to be with wood. Well, yeah. What so are they all want? the artists work what is with this? wood? Okay. Um, what's the but purpose it's a real of variety? The... Oh, sorry. Of... I keep talking over you. <laughs> I interrupt like it's my job. Well, what's the intention of the residency? Like why do people apply for this residency? Yeah, I think it's a lot, it's different for a lot of people. Some people are yeah. trying to research something, um, explore like, a new technique or um, collaborate is a big thing that I think that people want to do this for because of the group of people that you can be hanging out with in the woodshop. Yeah. Um, um, so I think it's different for everybody, but they make sure and have everybody in a different kind of like they're sculptors. I was on the really far on the loose sculptural end of yeah. things. And there's people like Michael Purrier who were doing really the chair. Yeah. Like I knew him from Penland. Skilled furniture making. Yeah. And yeah, he's in w- all ages. I mean, Michael yeah. was the oldest one of us. And then there's a student resident. So just out of some sort of program, they have a student um, resident too. How many were there? Um, there's eight in all. And so one is a student, one was a scholar researcher, um, a guy from Ireland. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-huh. It's international residency. So he, he, Sean Breen, and then, um, there was a photojournalist that was with us the whole time, just taking pictures of us. Yeah. She has some, there's some awesome photos I saw of her. Yeah. Christina Tamaris. Um, and so all of us are working in the same wood shop and that was at university of the arts i've been to and that wood shop yeah. cool it's really great oh my god the whole i went there on behalf of aramont and got a full tour of the facilities mm. good lord no wonder i mean amazing tech in there yeah what's up tara oh so i did good. meet her i had lunch with her she was rad mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> she's like i would describe her as badass <laughs> oh yeah she's a badass <laughs> um and then we stayed they gave us housing in the dorms that were nice. right across the street. So it was pretty necessary that we lived right next to the studio. And then you get to live in the heart of center city, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Everything was around us. That's right. Um, yeah. So overall, I think setting the bar really high for residencies. I haven't um, done a ton. Do so. they, okay. So do you pay anything like for travel to the residency? Is that on you or did they give you a stipend for that? They're, they pay for some travel. Wow. I, 
I just drove my Prius. It didn't cost me hardly anything. Yeah. Um, the thing that was the most expensive thing was to park the Prius. So, and I just <laughs> sucked it up and paid for parking yeah. right next to me. Yeah. That was the most expensive thing that happened for me. But they gave $400 a week. Oh, did, how, where, because there's not a kitchen in your dorm room. There was a little kitchenette. Okay. Um, so you couldn't do any serious cooking. So the $400, the $400 is to like give you mm-hmm. food and whatever, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. don't pay for your housing at all. Mm-mm. Did you get a any money for supplies or anything um that was what the four hundred dollars would okay um and i brought all my materials so i really had just four hundred dollars the whole time i was here it was great just to like eat nice food yeah um but it was definitely i felt super supported by by them the whole time and that if i did need anything Mm -hmm. i could be like okay what can we do to get me some transportation they gave us a van that was near I had my car, but you know, like whatever we needed, they were on top of it. Of like, let's figure out how what to you get need. you, you know, whatever supply you need or a connection with this or yeah. So, so really involved with us. The structure of it, was it kind of just a free for all or was there a lot of like programming? Did mm-hmm. you have specific studio hours yet? I know a lot of residencies, they'll be like, you have to be in the studio at least 25 hours a week or something. Yeah. There wasn't that. The, um, as far as the studio was concerned, it was very free you take this time to do whatever you need to do, you know, hopefully stick to the thing that you wrote out a year and a half, two, two and a half years ago that you wanted to do with it. But that's hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I did do that very much. I like did exactly what I wrote down that I was going to do during this time, which was surprising. Um, but yeah, so that part was really free to take care of like what you wanted to do with your, you know, career, like, work or um you knew that you were going to have this exhibition afterwards yeah which is another great part of this for me anyways I definitely don't know what my work looks like until it's in a space mm-hmm. you know like until it's installed um so that was awesome and then programming outside of it they did do a lot of stuff for us like get us took a lot of trips to see collectors, mm-hmm. um, visit them, make connections with different people that are involved with the Center for Art and Wood. And it did feel like quite a bit of stuff that yeah. we were having to stay along. on it schedule like you did for. did do a lot of stuff, yeah. But, you know, I don't mind that so much because I'm a, I'm a pretty social person. I love interacting yeah, <laughs> with I love that strangers kind of stuff and, like, eating dinner at their house, whatever. It was kind of weird, but um, it was also ended up being very good connections for us to have and, yeah. um, you know, worth it. Those are the, the type of people you like, want to meet yeah. as an artist. So I really appreciated that part. Mm-hmm. Um they just stayed really involved with what we were doing and wanting to make sure we were getting um, fulfilled by those other things, not just by the studio and yeah, a planer that works. I like that. That's like they're facilitating a whole experience. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you know, half the battle is meeting the right people. Mm -hmm. And so that's a huge gift for them to arrange that. Definitely. That. Yeah. Um, how was the dynamic? I mean, as we know, you and I like craft schools, like in these kind of like high pressure kind of scenarios. Um, how was the dynamic between all of you? Cause you're mm-hmm. spending, it sounds like a lot of together time. It was a lot of together time. We didn't have to stay in the room. 
together at least. Oh yeah, um, did you each get your own private room? We all room? got a oh, dorm thank God. room, that you which didn't have I to really share. liked. Yeah. I think that was some people's least favorite part of the experience was this like <laughs> weird dorm room, but it was two rooms, one that was completely empty white walled room with like this ceiling windows Ooh. and it was like a whole like jackson pollock studio to myself like went crazy in there um, i saw pictures that, yeah. that's where you had like images hung yeah up on i was the like wall drawing a lot and cool. making that my own thing i had, basically had three studios set up one Ugh. near the wood shop one in my room and then i stayed outside the building just like had a burn station the whole time like burning yeah out there it was awesome well you guys i'll post pictures of morgan's work so you can get more context of what we're talking about but she burns the wood um yeah you're just gonna have to look at a picture yeah (laughs) yeah all these like tourists were walking by like what is this person doing out here burning all these weird pieces of wood and so like by the end of the two months i've probably had pictures of me all over instagram somewhere yeah like a random person in philly burning stuff outside um but the group dynamic was unique, mm-hmm. but um, also really good. We were just a, it was a good variety of people yeah, from all over the place and all different types of people and doing really different work, yeah. which was really fulfilling in the studio to see each other working in such different ways. I was set up right near Jack Motch, who is just the opposite of me in the <laughs> ways that we work. Um, so he's like sitting at his table really He's kind of a mad scientist. Cutting stuff. And I'm over here just like flailing on the floor like a snow angel doing some weird thing. <laughs> and it was it was awesome. Um, and then, you know, there were, all of us kind of took roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the social leader of the group. <laughs> of course. So if I like noticed our energy was low, I would be like, guess what we're all doing tonight? We're going to karaoke. And it would force everybody out of the house, you know? Yeah. And then Michael um, was, you know, the wise man of the group and was mm-hmm. always speaking for everyone. <laughs> and yeah. Like when we were having fancy dinners. Um, yeah. So we all kind of took on different roles with it. Roles. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked out well that's great really they did a great job great job albert Lukoff. of curating yeah. the group yeah. <laughs> i yeah. mean i can only imagine i kind of have that role somewhat because of pentaculum and it's nerve-wracking because mm-hmm. you can think that you know somebody that you're like oh this person's gonna be like this and blah 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 and then you put them together in a room thank god pentaculum is only a week because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> if i had to think about two months i think my brain would explode um but you are, you have to try to like guess how mm-hmm. people get along mm-hmm. and work together too. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Anybody I'm can so just excited. have like a cocktail with a, another human, but to like sit in the yeah. studio next to somebody for a week, it's like an intimate thing, mm-hmm. like sharing a studio space mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. Yeah. And you well, get to do it this year. I'm so pumped about it. I know. I I've s- had two years that I've not done it because I was asked two years ago and the first year I was in the core fellowship and couldn't mm. afford to either leave or and pay for it yeah both. and then last year I got sick oh yeah so I was just like in bed the exact week the entire week oh, that that was going on and so I'm freaking doing it this year it'll be great yeah every year is great yeah so you didn't miss anything yeah. I mean but you missed last year but this year turn will be on amazing blades <laughs> um so overall when you came to this, how much money had you saved for it? Like, did you, did you spend a lot of your own resources? I mean, you had that $400 a week. I didn't spend anything. That's amazing. The four, I mean, the parking 
I paid with this $400, you know, that they gave me. So <laughs> there was, and I had collected so much wood because I knew these projects I was working on here were going to yeah. be out of just scrap. Mm-hmm. So I t- brought all of my materials that was just scrap that was in my shop or little space at home. And then that's not a real shop. Um, and yeah, there was no expense for me. Yeah. It was really taken care of and comfortable. And people, I don't, I mean, if you're a craftsperson, you probably heard the name Wingate, but when we were joking about like, they endowed mm-hmm. the core fellowship at Penland mm-hmm. and they endow a lot of the residency at Aeromont that I did. Mm-hmm. And Wingate built the wood studio at Aeromont mm-hmm. and they do this. It's like, and I know that there's even on the academic level, um, there's a Wingate, is it? I don't know. It's like a fellowship. Um, they get, yeah, I don't know. Every what the year artists name apply. Of it, you have to be, but it's right out of college. Yeah. Yeah. Students have to get um, nominated by their professor. Then they apply. I know Josh Copas, the mm-hmm. potter got it. And mm-hmm. it's a substantial amount of money. I think it's like, Oh yeah. Five, $10,000 or something. Oh, I think it's more than that. Yeah. It's crazy. And then they keep like, you just always hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the founders of Wingate mm-hmm. live in Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. So you knew them mm-hmm. um, from your undergrad or whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just inevitable that I was going to interact with them there because yeah. they were just involved in so much. And at this point, I mean, just like any of the things that I've done, I would just be involved with them. Um, they were good friends for some time. Yeah. I don't see them anymore. Oh, um, I live in Little Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Never go there. Um, <laughs> avoiding Arkansas. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been to Iowa in years, girl. Yeah. Like, I get it. Um, but I see them at Penland every once in a while when they come for the auction. But they're very just like yeah. taking care of my career at this point. It's a couple. I mean, I'm not going to say that. You guys can Google them. They're amazing. Um, they have a lot of money to give and they do it. Yeah. And I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I remember sitting in my studio at Aramont and I even put a curtain up on the window that was on my door because people can go up there. You're kind of a fish in a fishbowl at a residency sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like you're on display, blah, blah, blah. Um, And someone was like peeking in at my window and I was trying to work and I was like, oh, don't want to say hello to anybody right now. And they knocked and I like grudgingly like opened up the door and it was John mm-hmm. and Robin. I was like, ah, hi, nice to see you. Yeah. Um, you would, if you didn't know them, you wouldn't know that they were. Yeah. So I had to give them a tour of the studio and they're really sweet. Yeah. But he's a letterpress artist and mm-hmm. my business cards are letterpressed. Mm-hmm. And so I was very impressed to be able to hand him one. And he oh, like, yeah. even, he was like, like oh, oh, I like yeah. this. And I was like, thank you. Very heavy cardstock, paid a lot of money. <laughs> um, so you finished this residency. The opening was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're sitting in the D install right now. So it's kind of funny to see like everything kind of half out in, in pieces. Um, but the the opening was great. It seemed yeah, like a lot of people was, here. Oh, it was kind of intense. We had to give two talks and I'm not... I have had to talk about my work before and like, you know, given slide presentations and stuff like that, but I've never stood in a gallery with the thing and talked about it in front of a lot of people. And the work that I was doing here was really emotional for me. Mm-hmm. I, some heavy topics that, yeah. um, I was, you know, it was like a, a therapy kind of the last, the two months that I was here, um, where I was just getting a lot out that had been built up like a lot of ammunition going into this residency um and so it was the i was talking about it for the first time in front of a group of people here and 
um got really emotional almost cried i think i don't know if you saw that happening oh but i didn't um, notice it you held it together really well i felt oh thanks good job i don't know it was crazy it was good though the end of a really important time it yeah. felt like so and this was a I way was to kind of like talk about it yeah. i did that at my aramont residency like that work that i made there because it was at the end of my mom died my grandpa died and my dad died and this work was me just like bleh, mm-hmm. and it's all in boxes still i haven't looked at it since yeah. i packed it up i've never documented it i have like one mm. documented piece on my website but it's like it's even too painful to even show really mm-hmm. but i'll bring it out in the boxes oh. someday I got all this work I could like pull out for an exhibition if I needed to. Yeah. But I relate Ooh, to you. Let's in have that. like let's do a show together. It's like emotionally <gasps> charged. Let's um, call it vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're doing anyways. Always. But, um so, but I so I feel you on that. But you kept it together. Thanks. And this show looked amazing. It it looks still sort of amazing. Yeah, your sadness produced some pretty <laughs> amazing work, so good job. Yeah. So when you got done, um, I always, there was like a, a come down after residencies or things like that. I feel like for me, at least, I mean, we definitely talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about when this ended? Yeah. Um, well, I thought that I was going to just drive back into Spruce Pine and start crying and it'd be horrible. And, um, like I didn't, I didn't know what that was going to feel like going back into this place that I really kind of left so depressed in, but I went back and I was feeling great. I got something out of me here that needed to come out and started. It was the beginning of some work that I was really excited about. Keep yeah. like still working on while, when I got back. And so, um, yeah, I'm still going off of it. It's feeling That's good still. Awesome. I'm like in Spruce Pine still. So we can talk about yeah. that. If you want. What's the future for Morgan Hill? Girl, get <sighs> out of Spruce Pine. Okay. Nothing hold against, on now. Nothing against something Spruce Pine. Good happen. Okay. Tell me. Um, so, I said that I worked for Catherine Grimley, the director of the gallery there. Which, by the way, you guys... Hi, Catherine. She's one of my favorite humans. She loves this podcast. Whenever she calls me, I'm just like, <gasps> Catherine called me. She says hi. She oh, loves this podcast. And I she's love so her. excited. Our two faves going to be on the podcast <laughs> together. Um, so I got back and was going to finish out at least to the year, to the end of the season, because Penland's yeah. gallery closes in the winter. So this December would be... I was going to move after that and she mm-hmm. knew that I, we talked about it a lot um and I've been feeling so content with the job and with things how things were going there really yeah because a lot of my friends are there and they're Mia and David and Fiona are there now and my yeah f- we didn't really f- mention that right like yeah they, so they moved there while yeah. I was gone and I came back to them and so my family really, you know, my Relocated. art family is where I live now. Yeah. And um, then because of Mia coming to this school and making a lot of change, yeah. um, people in the school are moving in different places and staff. Um, and the gallery, some people left the gallery and it came down to like Catherine wanting to restructure the gallery to to make it a place that's like I wouldn't have just a part-time job I would have like a real big girl job oh hey oh and that's an amazing gallery yeah and so I just 
accepted a position. What? Big girl job. Oh my God. What is it? Benefits. Oh. And paid vacation. <laughs> Welcome. <and> sick days <laughs> that are paid and like all of the things, bells and whistles. And I'm really excited about it because she's an ideal person to work for. She I've never nurtures. had a better job. She's like amazing. a boss in my life. Um, like she's become one of my best friends, I feel like. And yeah. um, so she was like, we would like to offer you this job. Okay. Say, say and what so the job I, is, though. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, it's te- like really technically, I guess it's not defined yet oh. what the name of the job is, but I will be um, kind of sales and marketing and communications for the gallery. Okay. So um, be kind of head of that, you know, front, what people are seeing. Yeah. Um, Social media person mm-hmm. be involved in that. So I will be, you know, Catherine's the director and then there'll be three positions under her that are equal at this point yeah. and all really good positions instead of having like this part-time person and yeah. whatever that's, you know, people can't stay there On with part-time. that kind of job. And that was my yeah. deal. So I really want that and have wanted to, I mean, just like having a job. I've never known what that felt like. So yeah. Just, I'm so excited to be comfortable in that way. Dude, so I said yes. And, High five right yeah, here. I said Ugh. yes, and I'm going to make a home base of it. You know, yeah. the scary part would be to know that I'm never going to leave Spruce Pine again. But <laughs> that doesn't feel, <laughs> it doesn't feel like that right yeah. now. It feels very much because of them saying, no, we want you to still go and do what you need to do as an artist. Yeah. And for them, full time is 32 hours so I get to have a studio practice and this job and get better you know I get all of the things and have a couple days off that I can spend in the studio and do that too so and travel and like you know still make the 10-line connections hours around but you know wherever I want so I can do you know if I even wanted to like do a little residency I can do that where are you gonna live it, well, it's always surprised me when people tell say like okay you guys like if you've lived near Penland you know the houses you're like oh you're moving to Emily's old house like, yeah. <laughs> you, like you know the rentals that people use yeah well that's I have no idea I'm gonna move oh, to okay. I'm just about have to be out by the first of November so I'm about to move on to campus <laughs> while I figure that out yeah and like um, Penland's pretty cool about letting people live on campus because mm-hmm. they know it's so hard to find housing there yeah I'll do that throughout the winter that's fine yeah. and then um find a more permanent place with a studio mm-hmm. so that's awesome um and I can afford it yeah and that's what I keep on that's the problem of all this is like I can't afford to move somewhere and know that I have a studio in a city um and this is just really falling into place for me so I had to yeah. say yes that's great um and I do feel good about it now you should of, yeah that yeah. job will take you places yeah I'm meeting a lot of people at the gallery yeah that's a yeah. really good gallery it's kind of nuts and um I also think that that job is a balance for me to the studio work I've always loved working at a museum or a gallery. I've done that a lot and have that experience and sales experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's a really, it's really good and fulfilling to see work go up and get to see reactions people are having to it and Mm -hmm. make the connections in the gallery space and not just be the artist that's making the work. So I get to have both of those. And that feels like something that, um, 
at this point, I mean, almost necessary for the work I'm making because I make work that's really um, like installation heavy. And yeah, um, so I yeah, it's hard to take in that I live in a really small town, but it's also an amazing community. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people that I'm friends with. They're making a home of it and I'll just travel a lot. Yeah, a and lot people of come planned. through there so much. I yeah. mean, I'm excited. I, I couldn't get to the auction. Every year, Penland has this huge auction. It's kind of like a reunion of sorts, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody usually tries to make it back for the auction. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it since, ugh, in like, two years. But next year, I'm trying. It's on yeah. my calendar already. Like, yeah, wholeheartedly want to try to make it for it. Well, Can I crash on your couch? Yeah. <laughs> I have a couch. Yeah. We'll see what it looks like. Ooh, I'm excited <laughs> about having a freaking space to have, put my stuff in and like look at my stuff. And like make a place your own. Yeah. That's that such a new. magical feeling. It's new. Yeah. It's a new. I'm excited about that. I'm excited for you. I know that yeah. feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <laughs> I feel like we have covered so much yeah thank you so much for coming on yeah thank you so much i really was excited about this and like feel yeah. like we just had our first date we or something did. like we get to go out now afterwards after <laughs> we like are the, going out the kind of awkward interview part of the date yeah and totally we can, then we can relax dance it off or something put our hair down yeah um is there anything that you want to i mean your show just ended here so you mm-hmm. don't need to plug this is there mm-hmm. anything you want to plug or anything you want to talk about i don't have um I mean, if anybody sees my work and thinks it would work well in a show that they have or <laughs> that is, that's what's next for me. I have like a couple of juried shows or, you know, that kind of thing coming up. But I think the next thing I really want to focus on is where I can have a solo show and be making kind of a whole space my own yeah. instead of being in group shows. So I'm going to be working on that this winter. I have a few collaborations that I'm excited to do this winter. Um yeah and then making a new home somewhere that's a studio somewhere yeah and that takes a lot of time I feel like I mean I my roommate's moving out and right now I'm like deep cleaning my house I want to paint my kitchen it's like you can't do it all Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like I want to take some time off and like really give some love to my surroundings Mm -hmm. and that means I can't well, Focus you can be everything. creative in that way too. And I always yeah. forget like, oh shit, I'm not making anything. I'm spending so much time on this, whatever, but I'm being creative in that way too. So I will yeah. be, I'm going to make my home be this crazy Beetlejuice type house with all of my weird objects in it. And it's going to be kind of awesome in my own gallery space. I feel like so. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Well, Morgan, thank you so much Thanks. for coming on the podcast. Yeah. This is fun. Definitely fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, this has been another episode of Perceived Value, the podcast broaching the subject of value with artists. Until next time. Yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> I'll put some wine in this cup. I'm good. I'm about to save it for after this. Um, So, everybody, we just finished the episode with Morgan Hill. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, Relax now. (laughs) Yeah, you can. This is the fun part. We're getting some more wine pour. Okay, maybe I'll have some. Yeah, have some wine with me. Okay. Um, This is the (laughs) bonus episode. So, um welcome if you're listening to this that means that you give me money and i appreciate you oh <laughs> love those people yeah i mean 
I'm not setting out to make this like my full-time career. If it did happen, that'd be cool. But I am incurring some expenses that would be, you know, this is like really helping um, fund. So Morgan, Mm -hmm. my idea with every bonus episode moving forward is like, you can pick the topic, but I kind of knew what I wanted to talk about because when I think of you, I think of Halloween. Yeah. And Halloween I is knew like upon what us. You to talk about. <laughs> like I didn't even need to like think about it. Okay. Um, got a lot to say. So Morgan Hill is known for her <laughs> costumes. Like it's just, and you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I love Halloween. Like I have really great costumes." Like you guys, you don't understand. She transforms. <laughs> She does. She does a Disney costume better than Disney. Ooh, thank uh, yeah, you. That's kind of amazing. Um, so this is going to be coupled with like a lot of visuals. So on the Patreon site, um, I'm going to post a lot of images. Um, if you're listening to this, you're obviously already on the website, but check it out because she's pretty amazing. Um, so when did your obsession with <laughs> Halloween start? <laughs> I was real, real small tight. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what happened that really started that. I think I just, I was just obsessed with death. I don't know why, but it, it came with all, like I loved wh- horror movies and um, that holiday would just like did something to me very early on. And so of course I started costuming. My parents did a good job of doing costumes, but right when I could start carving a pumpkin and doing costuming I was on top of it yeah. and you're very, like I got it from here very, Thanks, yeah no I told dad I remember like give me the knife <laughs> um but so I was always watching like I was practicing Halloween outside of Halloween you know it's like yeah. a year-round thing for me and then really got into it when I was like high school was making these crazy costumes and people were asking me to do a lot of stuff for like theater or whatever and um started doing contests right when I got out of high school okay. I was entering like costume contests that would just be like at a bar or something yeah but um the whole like I, I was so into every aspect of it so I got into the performance part of it yeah. I would get into character so much and really make this make it like uh, event that lasted days and days and days <laughs> and had like a schedule of all the costume contests that I was hitting up. Oh my God. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. And so I've done that for ever since I was 18. I've done that every year pretty much. Do you win a lot? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a thing that I count on. How many, co- do you know how many costume contests you've won? Oh no. Um, every year I would say on average I'm winning at least one, at least three wow and winning probably around two thousand dollars is average there's some years that i'm winning like you know three or four thousand dollars and others that don't do as good you've got to be kidding me mm -mm. so now i count on this as a part of my like income to go out and do these costume contests and i could write a freaking little book on this it's i really like i have to have you know the costume has to be a character that people think fondly of but Mm -hmm. also they think is you know like they grew up with them the masses have to know what they are um so there's some like nostalgia around it yeah yeah um so I know I know what doesn't win and I know what does win and I know how I have to act and be I really have to perform people have to like see they want to they want to hear you say a quote or they want to you know you get on stage there's most places that have contests have a stage you get on stage and you have to do something so 
I have a little act every time now. You're like so I, prepared. I will sing the fucking song. So or what? Some of my favorites. Can we go over some, Beetlejuice? Yeah. But you did be. You don't just do Beetlejuice. You do Beetlejuice so that's, for yeah. a certain part of it too. You got to take the costume to like seven levels. You oh know, God, you yes. can't just do the costume. You got to do the very specific moment of you know the movie that everybody yeah. loved that scene the most you know so okay i have to have a certain amount of props with me if i'm not occupying every limb my head my legs if i don't need assistance then it ain't good enough you know wow. if i can pee alone it ain't good enough <laughs> so if i can get through the door it's not big enough yeah so at this point i you know there's things coming off of my head there's things coming off of my arms i'm holding a lot of stuff and like yeah. really take advantage of every part i can and then you know where i'm acting it out and then like i become like a prop for the night for people taking pictures or whatever and like get to be somebody else you know it's really fun so um how often when do you start planning your costume mm pretty much have an ongoing list of ideas that I'm working on throughout yeah. the year. And then by summer to August, I've narrowed it down to one or two. And then August, I'm really heavily starting to plan Wow, one of them. So you're like but, a week out from your showtime. Okay. So let's talk about this heartbreak month. Oh no. Um, I have had too many things to do this month. Oh my god! To, I've had my costume planned since August. I yeah. started, you know, sourcing all these materials and getting everything ready for it. And I had a lot of commissions coming out of the residency that I did this summer, which is amazing. Awesome. Get that money, girl. Um, had some trips this trip um, and some things going on that it just filled October up so much that I had to cut one thing out, and it happened to be the costume. So that doesn't mean that I'm not going to do it. I yeah. just won't get to do the contest this year and I'm planning mm. to do the costume in November. Well, that's um, okay. Cause you just got that full-time job with those yeah. benefits. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and it's okay. Cause I'm still going to do it. I mean, that's a part that I love about it. It's not, I don't have to go to contest, I guess, but I just don't get thousands of dollars. I would just, um, you know, put it, I do online contests too. So what? I didn't know I, that was a thing. I will put, there's several different kinds. Like some people, you have to know what kind of judging for all these contests is. And mm -hmm. I lived in Little Rock, Arkansas for so long. I knew what the contests were there yeah. and how they were judged and would go to very specific ones for what I was doing. So I knew yeah. what was fair and, you know, I don't want to go to contests that are like judged by people, a crowd like clapping or yelling, yeah. you know, you don't so want that. stupid. The best ones are going to, um, to like clubs and yeah. drag queens oh yeah judging they judge fair those are my yes. favorite ones if i could just do only you know gay club costume contests yeah forever because you're queer too so yeah. it's like your people oh my gosh i mean it's like they they looking at you and i'm i purposefully um make my costumes look homemade because if you make it too good if you make it like theater style people don't know that you've made it and they're like oh well they should they just bought that yeah. so I, I use all trash all recycled materials okay do a lot of like stuff out of cardboard and stuff very temporary costumes like i do it for you know these three nights yeah and then i throw it away i don't i don't need it anymore so um people huh. 
can tell that I've made the thing and they're like, oh my God, look, it's her That's whole a really interesting is made pers- out of cardboard. <laughs> That's cool that you, you know, like or- purposely think about the fact, oh, hey, you're fine. This is just our bonus footage. <laughs> you can even say, hey, <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, the director of the Center of Art Woods, like tiptoeing. <laughs> like, no, this is just the bonus episode. Some um, real stuff. Um, yeah, because I remember, who were you last year? It was um, from Beauty Lumiere. and the from, from Beauty and the, the Beast, Beast yeah. the candlestick guy. Yeah, and I did the version that was in the new film that was a little, um, like, real. It looked like a real candlestick. I could tell. Well, yeah, obviously, because yeah. it's not a cartoon. But um, it was, like, more ornate mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. But it was all cardboard. Yeah. And I used a lot of hot glue and stuff. And that, even though it's obvious from far away, it it's not incredible. obvious. It looks like, you know. And so I try to keep that as part of it, like people being like oh my god how long did you spend on that and I'm like uh well a month and a half so you put a lot of time into it but it doesn't necessarily mean you're putting a lot of money into it because I don't spend hardly anything that's if I spend over two hundred dollars I'm kind of mad at myself yeah did you win a trip to the Bahamas last year yeah oh my god (laughs) I didn't fucking go wait you didn't you did go to the Bahamas nope yeah you did though you went went on a trip oh so that wasn't your trip that you won i remember Mm -mm. seeing on social media you went down to the florida keys but you want a trip to the bahamas and i fucking didn't go but so it's too late now i was supposed to do it within a year well i just couldn't work it out oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that's stupid where did you win that contest at um it was at like a weird club in it was like a weird country do you travel for this kind of electric cowboy place or something uh, I don't travel far. There's usually a lot of contests around. I mean, there's yeah. so many contests. I mean, here, I bet there's like amazing contests. I don't even think about it. Girl, I don't even have a Halloween. Last year, I was getting ready for the Philadelphia Museum of Art Craft Show. On yeah. Halloween, I worked till like midnight mm-hmm. and then went to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I sad. Just, I know. I need to like re-embrace <laughs> Halloween. I was really into it when I lived in Seattle. I went as a raver and mm-hmm. like people didn't even recognize me. And I like got down like the theatrical aspect you talk about. Like yeah. when I was a raver, I got like little mini jewelry bags and then I got mini Altoids and I put them in the bags and I drew little things on them and I handed them <laughs> out and people thought I was giving them real ecstasy. Oh. And I was like, no, girl, this is not Christmas. It's Halloween. <laughs> like, <laughs> Man, you would be good too. I loved it. I I lost that that passion. Okay, we'll get you back. I need to get back at it. It's been a while. We'll talk about it. Um, Yeah, I'll help you out. Thanks. Tell me what you want to be, and I'll throw some ideas at you. Well, the thing I loved, you got the job as uh, God. What was it called? Your core fellow job. Oh, it was entertainment. I was dining hall manager. Wanted to kill myself. Mm. Uh, You got entertainment, which is a cool job. And so your job was literally throw parties. Yeah. And each party has a theme and everybody wears costumes. Mm-hmm. We got to make the themes up. And then, so I knew that that was my opportunity to have a whole other side project, which is a costume. I mean, it's a hobby already. And I was, I yeah. wouldn't do that normally, but I was like, I get two years, you know, ended up in like 14, 14. Yeah. Cause there's seven parties. sessions of summer. So I could make 14 costumes in these two years. So I made it a point to every time I threw a party, spend that whole day, which ended up being about five hours of costume Yeah, on just, just a costume for that party. So by the end of my program, I had 14 of these really weird, crazy costumes. And so yeah. I apply with that to things like I will I put, was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah. I have like a, 
a picture that has the fort to like a the group of pictures of these of like a five hour costume project that I will like certain you have residencies to send that to or, yeah <laughs> I want to share certain that. ones like one I applied to a residency that um was about doing more like theater set prop stuff yeah and put that in there that was like their favorite part of it oh my god that's so cool yeah I mean I loved following along and seeing I mean it kind of became this thing where I'd look forward to what was the theme going to be at the party <sighs> and what was Morgan going to be wearing so depressed that I'm not going to be able to make mine by I, Halloween this year because so many people will say that they're like we're waiting post yeah, a picture I mean, what are I, you doing I'm kind of happy I know now beforehand because I would be a little like oh, wait a minute what's going on reveal it with this podcast but um <laughs> and I always do this thing where I carve a pumpkin now I will carve a pumpkin revealing the costume <gasps> I so remember I'll that carve from a pumpkin last year. based on whatever the costume is going to be like the day before and then reveal it with that and everybody's like oh my god I'm so excited um so cool. this year's though because I'm not gonna do it on Halloween and do the contest I don't have to worry about um whether or not a mass of people is gonna receive it well and I can get a little more conceptual yeah. with it and so that's what I'm gonna do and I have kind of a statement like a political statement with it so okay, I'm excited girl. to do that I'm that's a little bit new. about that that's yeah. nice to have that like to have freedom to say yeah you don't have to worry about it. judging it's like when you make jewelry and you don't even care you're gonna sell it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's a whole other thing yeah and like, i think that it is moving in that direction anyways the costume is moving in starting to become real work yeah <laughs> for me like that i do put on my website like i mean that people want to see to understand my other art too? If you ever want to so, move to LA, you could get a job real quick. Well, my friend Vanessa is a professional costumer out there. It's a lot of work. I don't want to take the fun out of it. That's the thing for me is like, yeah. this is such a fun thing I've done my whole life now that yeah. I don't want to give up. So can yeah. we talk about like, okay, so let's go through your catalog. When you did Beetlejuice, you did the scene where he's like freaking out. You did have the iconic striped suit on, but your hands mm -hmm. were the carousel. Like, what was that? He, um, so his hands go out like, like the, um, weights that you would drop to yes. hit. What is that called? Like, like the strong man yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah. He has that as hands and then there's a carousel on his head yeah. that moves around. And so I, that was actually when I was in re the rehab program. So I was spending <laughs> a lot of time on costumes at that moment in my life. Um, but I wanted to do that scene because his costume is so much better in that scene. Yeah. And um, so I had the carousel come up from my head and I felted all of the little monsters that were hanging around um, yeah. his head and going around. So I had all these like little felted monsters. There were lights in it that lit up. My tie lit up and there were little lights that were in the carousel that lit up. And, you know, I was like walking around being Beetlejuice the whole time and I love that like <laughs> ah, I'll eat anything you want me to eat I'll swallow anything you want me to swallow come on down folks I'll chew on a dog yes I love that movie so much everybody loves that quote um and then so that was a good one I won a lot of money that year oh I hope you did because I won like four thousand dollars a year damn mm -hmm. <laughs> um Ursula mm-hmm boobs Oh my God. All boobs. The body language. Yeah. Sang oh. the song. Yep. A lot. Um, I always try to use my own hair if I can. Okay. So if there is a way that I, and I have good hair for most of my costumes, like yeah. Edward Scissorhands, like, you know, oh, most yeah. of the, most of them. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. 
And um, so Ursula's hair was my favorite part of that costume. Mm-hmm. It was like a really a professional fucking te- hair teaser. <laughs> yeah, girl, you got okay, some good don't teasing. play. Win. I'm winning contest based on hair teasing too. There was a. I was in a country band for a long time and i teased a lot it's yeah. an art yeah you good yeah so that was um, part of that one okay so um, ursula who else edward scissorhands did that one that yeah. one was good i did well that year because of the character more yeah. people like feel something for edward scissorhands mm-hmm. so that was um a year where i didn't my character was to act to be silent and like walk a certain way yeah um because it's all about in his face yeah yeah he's like so i was real expressive and um you know people have like feel a lot for (laughs) him and his like i had a straw in my mouth you know and he like gets kind of drunk oh yeah (laughs) for something i can't remember what it was but i'd make good money that year too um and then one year i did i was doing a lot of taxidermy the year i did a wall mounted taxidermy like a taxidermy Mm. wall and i was like in front of a wallpaper and my suit blended in with the wallpaper and i had taxidermy mounts and my head was a mount Um, i remember that picture that's a good one that one was a little bit more did you not win that much yeah i didn't because it wasn't a character they related to oh yeah it's a good photo you know oh god the photo's amazing yeah it didn't Maleficent Maleficent did good that year yeah too. that one's insane that one was fun I like I always try to get in different like if there's something to light up yeah um there was lights in that one too there's gotta have like a lot of different aspects to the costume to impress yeah. people people aren't easily impressed yeah. at this point there's so many I mean there's too many good costumes out there that you can buy yeah um People don't give a shit. Uh, and let's see. So last year was Lumiere. And then I had, yeah, there's a lot of other ones that I, I never, I wasn't taking pictures of them seriously. Yeah. I had a really great one one year that was from The Sound of Music that was, I dressed up like hmm. in the puppet show that they do in the movie. Yeah. High on the hill was a lonely goat herd. Yeah. Um, oh my <laughs> god! Yes. I mean, I, lo- I love musicals. I was like, yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. So the goat girl, I dressed up as her, and I had the goat with me. Yeah. So I was a puppet, and you could pick me up. I had like a thing on my back that you could pick me myself up, and I was also puppeting this little goat that looked like the one in the movie. Yeah. And I sang the, did like the whole thing. I've never seen a picture of that. I don't have a picture of it because it would just I, wow. for so long didn't give a shit about that. Yeah, and then not everybody with, had a phone on them all the time. So yeah, it was like just not time. about that. Yeah. Um, and now it's so important some for some reason to do that. Everybody wants to know and see the thing. So I'm doing it. But um, I was sh- <laughs> as someone far away. I'm like, yes, yes, you should take yeah. all the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I was in a relationship with a guy who really liked to dress up too. So a few years we did a couple costumes together and they were good. And we did co- contests together. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, ooh. I can do this after the 31st. I'll go. I can go ahead and say it because I think that there's a lot of details to it that will be very surprising. Okay. Um, but I will be a version of Oscar the Grouch. <gasps> And there will be like a lot of little things about it that that's where the like, I think kind of statements come in. Yeah. About our waste. Okay. Yeah. 
So I'm excited to do it because I really would like to be involved. Like if I can get my costuming involved in some sort of activism. Yeah. I think that's where it's headed is like do something with this. I mean, I mean. Make a statement with it. can just keep making some money i guess doing contests but like maybe that's how i can be involved in like the community or you know i don't know but there's um i'm hoping to work with some um like recycling places and like do some work with like some talk about sustainability and whatnot yeah Yeah. that's exciting thanks for the reveal oh my god it feels so fancy (laughs) Uh, well thanks for sharing about that and you guys like I'm gonna ask Morgan to send me all the pictures that she can it's so fun follow her on social media it's Morgan Hill Creative is that your Instagram handle Um, MorganHillCreative.com that's what I follow along on to get to see all the pictures and cool things that you're doing so thanks thanks well thanks for tuning in and thanks for being a Patreon patron I don't know if I say Patreon right Patreon. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. You hip to that? Yeah. I just, okay. Patron. I don't know. That, I don't say shit right. I don't <laughs> use my words at all. I know. I use my words real wrong. <laughs> Brian Parnum always catches me. He's like, what'd you just say? And I'm like, oh, that's not the right. Uh, like, um, never mind. I'm not even going to say it because I can't even remember the thing that I said, miss said the other day. Anyways, you want to say anything else? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good night. Perceived Value is recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. If you love the podcast and you want to show your support, become our patron. Visit patreon.com slash perceived value to learn more. Or check out our website at perceivedvaluepodcast.com and click on the support page. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>